That's good. Good morning. Well, um, I know you're not used to seeing more than, more than me up here on the platform when it comes to this time in the worship service, but I'm really, really excited about what I, I honestly feel like the Lord has put together, the Lord has planned for us over the next, the next few weeks. Um, let me just tell you all how this, where this idea came from. I am, um, I, I've been able to be a part of this church family with you guys for, for over 20 years, and um, over all of that time, I've seen lots of things. Uh, I've um, been through lots of, of different uh, times of ministry. I've seen this church go through ups and downs and, and just know a lot of stories of people. Um, and God is adding a lot of new people into our church family. There are a lot of new folks. Uh, when you look, when you come in on a Sunday morning and you look around, you, you guys who have been here for several years, you know over the past four to five years, the faces you see look very different. The Lord's bringing new people in and, and, and changing and growing our church family. And, and I just began to think about over, over, over the years that I've been here, how many amazing stories there are um, of God's goodness, of God's faithfulness, and things that when I think about them and I, and I remember walking through and being a part of some of these stories, I just think about the miraculous nature of it. And how I, I regularly think about, like some of you, every time I look at you, I think of a story that, that I've been able to watch you go through or, or maybe have been able to walk through with you. And, and it just, I know what, how it encourages me. And I thought, you know, there are a lot of people who are part of our family now who don't know these stories. Maybe who have never heard them. They don't know the people um, who are behind these stories. And I just felt the Lord lay some specific people on my heart and say, um, let's, let's give them a chance to share, to share a little bit of God's glory in their life um, with, with the whole church family. And so that's what we're going to do. And, and I'm very grateful for Jeff and Susan Colbreth. Uh, many of you know Jeff and Susan. Some of you guys, especially if you're new, you may not have ever met them before and know who they are. But I love them so much, and um, they were immediately one of, the, one of the couples, some of the people that the Lord put on my heart. And I love them even more because they agreed to be the first ones to do this with me. And so um, they are very much... Y'all are very much guinea pigs. And so uh, we, I, I've never done anything like this before. Um, this, is, uh, this is new for our church. I don't know that we've ever done this on a Sunday morning, as long as I've been here. And so we will, um, we're going to kind of muddle our way through. We're glad that it's the 830 crowd because you guys are especially gracious. We also are glad we're not on Facebook right now. So we can, so can kind of do this, um, uh, go through a run um, w- without any of that. But we're glad that you guys are here. And I I want to introduce, uh, I really want to let them share. I don't want to spend all of the time talking, but um, when I think of you guys, and I, I share this with you already, when I think about the, the, what, the story that you're going to tell this morning, um, I just immediately think of uh, James chapter 1. And uh, I, I want to share that verse with everybody, sort of as a, as a springboard for everything we're going to talk about. But chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. That, that word means trials of many different kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. 
and let endurance have its full effect. That means don't run from it, but let it have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. It's just a call to embrace trouble and trials because you know that God uses it for our good. He uses it to grow our faith and he uses it to to bring about endurance in our lives. And so um, this verse is just, every time I look at you guys, I think about what James says in that passage. So um, you guys have walked through a lot of things. And part of the reason I wanted you guys to share your story is because I feel like Jeff and Susan Colbreth have endured things so much, multiple things, and we'll talk about several of those things. But to the point where people without faith, people without the strength of the Holy Spirit would, would crumble underneath the weight of what these two have, have bravely endured and, and, and have, have walked through and are still walking through it. it it's not really anything that just kind of goes away necessarily. Um, but it begins, I, I want us to talk specifically about um, the, your, how addiction has been a part of, of your guys' lives, um, not just with your boys. You've got, introduce everybody, you've got three kiddos, right? And they're not kiddos anymore because they're all grown-up adults. So tell everybody about your kids. Our first two were, were boys, and they were uh, three years apart. First of them was, uh, the oldest one was born in 1981. Um, and then we have a daughter who is our youngest, and, um, and we, lo- we just love, just like everybody else here, we just love our children. We brought them up in coming to church here. A lot of you had a lot to do with their... Um, with their mm-hmm. um, upbringing and their uh, and their uh, education and, and introducing them to, to Jesus and and um, they were great kids. I, I'm telling you, we were just we were rocking right along. They were just doing great in school, great in church. Went to mission trips. Went to Sunday school. We taught them in Sunday school. Uh, they had a great. Um, they all went to Pepperell. Um, active in school, active in athletics, had a lot of friends, just just like all of all of your kids, and um, and we just love them and we're proud of them. And uh, but we've had some challenges. Yeah, my two boys did this to me right here. I, <laughs> I blame them for it all the time. So and, uh, so specifically, the struggle with your boys yes, um, we, was with addiction. Right. Right. And, but our battle with addiction actually started way before that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let Susan talk about that. Okay. Um, actually, addiction was a part of my life all of my lifetime. As far as I remember when I was growing up, and I came from a great family. Both sides of my family were just wonderful. Um, we were raised in a good home, a Christian home. We went to church, whole nine yards. But there was a depression problem, um, really on both sides of my family, but it was more prevalent on my father's side of the family. 
because he had a generational depression, which at the time it was not recognized. Nobody back in those days, you'll have to think about when it was, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s leading up, it was not addressed because people didn't know how to deal with it. So it was swept under the rug and several people in my family, on that side of the family, uh, started to self-medicate. And my father started using alcohol when I was a young girl. And we lived with this chaos of depression and addiction, which nobody talked about. Nobody wanted to talk about it. It was an embarrassment. Um, it, it was shameful, really. And so I learned to grow up with that and live with that to a certain extent in the chaos, because that's the only life I knew. Um, and then later on, when I got married, I was pregnant, I uh, went to my father and explained to him that I absolutely could not let my children live through the same turmoil that I had lived through. And I told him, you know, I begged him and said, you know, I, I wish that you could share their lives, but I don't want them to have to live like I did. And that's when God worked his first miracle because my father quit drinking, and that's almost unheard of. All of my prayers that I'd prayed all this time were answered because he quit drinking. And as far as we know, he never had another drink. He was a great grandfather. He loved his grandchildren. They were at every event that my children participated in. And he couldn't have been a better person. Um, I think that's where the journey started with me because I didn't know anything different. But it's different when you're raising your children and all of a sudden something like this comes into your life and you don't know how to handle it. Um, I think we were struggling at the time. Um, and uh, the addiction really started uh, affecting our, our family when my oldest son, Chad, was, uh, he had graduated from high school and, and uh, went off to college and we were all excited and, you know, of course, nervous. And, and he uh, found new friends and um, somewhere along the way he got exposed to drugs and, and, and got started and quickly, I think, got addicted. And he was off at college and we didn't really realize the extent of it for a while. And, um, but it really got bad. And, and uh, we, we battled it. We, we, uh, we tried to fix it. Uh, and we, we tried hard to fix it. And, and, and another thing, all this time, you know, once this started, we had two other children at home. My middle son was doing great. He was in high school. My daughter was in middle school, and, you know, we tried to sh shelter her from all this problems we were having with our oldest one. <clears throat> and we, 
and she was suffering and we didn't even recognize it. We didn't even uh, know it until a counselor yeah. came to us and she had been going to the school counselor and, you know, upset, not knowing how to deal with it. She didn't like seeing us suffer. Mm -hmm. But we didn't understand it really until years later. Yeah. And, um, and, it, and so it, it began with our oldest one and, and we, we battled it for probably two years on our own, trying to cover it up trying to fix all the, you know, every time he'd get in trouble, we'd try to fix it, and we thought, you know, we, we can fix this. We can get him straightened out. He's going he's gonna to do good. And do you feel like you guys struggled with the, with the thing that probably a lot of people in the church struggle with, that, that shame and embarrassment? Oh, like, absolutely. oh, we, we have to do everything absolutely. we can to try to keep this under wraps so yes. that it doesn't yes. get out, and people, because yes. people might think a certain yes. way about us as parents oh, yes. or about our well, kids. Well, and too, a lot of people, you know, would look at us yeah. like, You're, you don't know how yeah. to raise You're your children. You're not raising your children right. And we, heard, know, we heard that at We heard it. Yeah. And, you know, we were doing the only thing we knew, the best we knew, how to handle it. And I would go to the Lord, mm -hmm. and I would pray, Lord, you know, please just let your will be done mm -hmm. and just take him. Lord, I'm handing him to you, but in the same sense as a parent, I would turn around and think, I have to control this. This is something that we have to do this, this, and this to get him back on track, not trusting that the Lord would just take him if we would let go. But that's the hardest part. Because when you have children and you've raised them, and you've brought them up, and you know you've you've talked to them, you've cried with them, you've healed their wounds, you've letting go and saying, "Take him, Lord, mm. do what you need to do." That's a hard thing to Because I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. it but, was real hard. But we were, uh, you know, we were asking God to fix him. Yep. We weren't really turning him over to let God fix him because we were trying to fix yes. him. And I didn't. Yes. I never thought you could get in God's way, but we learned you can when you try to do God's it your way, some, sometimes you can you can get in God's way. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. So so that was that was Chad. Yeah. That was your mm -hmm. oldest. That's the oldest. One. And that's and then but then and and that that's hard enough. Oh, I mean, dealing yes. with what you've dealt with. Yes personally growing up mm -hmm. and then to have your firstborn have have a struggle with that and then um and then it began to affect brent your your middle yes. son also right and, and we i tell you we that the last thing we thought would happen to our children was drugs the last thing. the last thing right and uh and then brent who is our middle middle son went to pepperell and he was uh, he was really a had a great high school experience he was talented smart Great athlete. He he get, went to college on. He had a three-way scholarship for academics, and he was a really good wrestler and pole vaulted and set records and all. And, and he mm -hmm. and he was a really good athlete. So he he went off to college up in Kentucky with us in a, on a scholarship, and he was five and a half hours away. And you know we he was there, and we went to see him every now and then, and and um, and we thought everything was going great. But and also I must add. He was a big part of this church yes. growing up. 
He went on mission trips. He was involved in everything. All three of our kids were baptized in this church, saved and baptized in this church. And Brent was one who would stand up and speak and give his testimony. He stood up in front of this church when he was in high school, gave his testimony. We never imagined this would ever happen to him because he had seen what had happened to Chad while Chad was going through that. And, and he promised us he'd never do that to us. Yeah. But he, uh, his junior year in college, he, he hurt his shoulder really bad, had to have surgery on his shoulder from wrestling, and um, had to have surgery on it twice. And he, of course, he was on pain medication. You know, they gave him, they gave him pain medication, and I think he inherited that addictive personality, and he, and he got addicted to it. And uh, of all things that could happen, his team, some of his teammates were uh, pretty, um, they were drug dealers uh, dealing in illegal prescription drugs. From and so state. when the doctor wouldn't give him any more, he didn't have to go far to find, to find more medication. And, and then it, you know, of course that just snowballed into, into more yeah. trouble. Right. And, and it's, uh, we're just now coming to the end of it. 21 years later after all this started. Now there's, uh, with both of your boys, there, I know there was a ministry that was very instrumental yes. in yes. helping you guys because you're struggling yes. as parents. Yep. This has happened to you and, and mm -hmm. you, the last thing you thought would happen, not, not just with one of your boys, but both yes. of them. Right. And, it's, and I'm sure it was overwhelming and you were like, how... Tell, tell everybody about the ministry that you found and how you, and how you began to be a part of that. Okay, well, we, when Chad, we realized there was a problem with Chad, um, I just struggled to try to find a place that we could send him because we knew he had a terrible, terrible addiction problem and it, the doors kept getting slammed in my face because there would be a waiting list or there, he would have to write an essay. And at that time, he could not have written an essay to be accepted. So we found Genesis Ministries in Kennesaw's Men's Drug and Alcohol Addiction Ministry. And we found that through a friend who was a good Christian woman, and a man had come to speak at her church, and he had actually gone through Genesis Ministries. And when I called her, she gave me the number, the, all of the information, and when I called, I thought, well, another door is going to be slammed. Mm -hmm. But they had an opening, and they said, if you can bring him on, and we'll talk to him and see if he's ready. And that was a very nervous time because we didn't know how he was going to react to right. it. But when he went and we went and saw that all the families, we were thinking in our mind that it was going to be like some 
I don't know, a bunch of thuggy drug dealers, you know, yeah. like you see on Not the like street. Not like our right. children. Rough. Yes, yeah, rough, just rough, rough, messed up. Yeah. And Chad, I think Chad was reluctant because mm-hmm. he didn't know what to expect. But from the time we went in the door, met the guys, got to know their families, and um, Susan and Eli Velasquez, who run the ministry, it was just like we had found, God had sent us through our Christian friends who were struggling at the time with their granddaughter, sent us this ministry, these people to help us. So that's kind of where we got involved with them. Right. And and some of you may not know, um, before COVID, um, Jeff and Susan had come to me, and, and um, they actually had a group that met here um, for t- as, a, as a support ministry for parents and family members who had loved ones who were struggling with addiction. Because what you guys, I think, found out was not just, it's not just about ministering to the person who, who is addicted, but, but there's a great need for ministry for the family around that person because you guys struggle and, and are in need of ministry in a, in a different way, yes. but in a very important way, too. But we also learned that um, if we didn't get educated, um, we were going to make their, their recovery much more difficult. Yeah. We started learning mm-hmm. things about enabling and detachment and things that I'd never really heard of or considered that um, and it and it made a huge 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 difference in their recovery and and our recovery yes yeah there because were th- we needed as bad as they okay. yeah you guys discovered through your relationship with them and through your learning that yeah. that you were actually in love trying to do things to help right. them that absolutely. was actually making it worse absolutely. Even. absolutely and a lot of that comes from my I would pray for the Lord to take him and do his will and then we would turn around and say okay maybe if we buy him a car the Lord might let him keep his job well we were just going against the grain because that was the worst thing we could do Mm. we learned through Genesis you have to let him hit rock bottom Mm. and I think that as parent that's the hardest thing in the world to do and that's and that's not something you can do in your own strength. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. And if God had not put that on our hearts and we couldn't turn to him and trust him, he gave us hope mm. in knowing that we could do this through him. Yeah. But we couldn't do it on our own. Mm. So we learned that fairly quickly. Yeah. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you, right? Absolutely. And that... that my strength is made perfect in Absolutely. your weakness. And I think, too, um, we, uh, I had met back up with a cousin of mine, and I had not seen her in years. Mm-hmm. Um, when my mama died of Alzheimer's, she came to the funeral. She lived out of town, and I'd lost track. And when she came back into my life at that time, she was struggling with depression, but also alcoholism because she had that inherited trait 
and she had become an alcoholic mm -hmm. and she had been to like three different treatment places and she told me that the third one was the one where God grabbed a hold of her and he said, You're, you can't do this on your own. You need me. Right. I have got to be part of your life for you to get through this. And she went through the last treatment and has, was doing great. Then she found out she had cancer. Mm. But on top of that, she was struggling with her two boys mm. the same way we were. And I remember I talked to her. I would talk to her almost every day. And I didn't know how sick she was in her battle with cancer. She would never let me know. But I talked to her every day. And she told me one day, she said, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm doing okay. I've given it to God. And she said, okay, have you really given it to God? And I said, yeah, I've, I've given it to God. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe he'll get to stay in school, you know. And she said, Susan, wait a minute. She said, I want to send you something that changed my life. And she sent me a devotional that she leaned on from Jesus Calling. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I'll read it now just to let you hear like how this touched me because it hit me like a ton of bricks it says entrust your loved ones to me release them into my protective care they are much safer with me than in your clinging hands if you let a loved one become an idol in your heart you endanger that one as well as yourself Remember the extreme measures I used with Abraham and Isaac. I took Isaac to the very point of death to free Abraham from son worship. Both Abraham and Isaac suffered terribly because of the father's undisciplined emotions. I detest idolatry, even in the form of parental love. When you release loved ones to me, you are free to cling to my hand. As you entrust others into my care, I am free to shower blessings on them. My presence will go with them wherever they go, and I will give you rest. This same presence stays with you as you relax and place your trust in me. Watch and see what I will do. And I read that, and I said, Oh, my goodness. This says everything I need to hear. Mm -hmm. God is telling me, let me have it. You don't know how to handle this. Mm -hmm. Only I do. And you've got to trust me and give, give your children to me wholeheartedly. And I think that was probably the turning point yeah. mm -hmm. as far as, you know, our, our journey with addiction because we were able to say, God, you handle it. Right. And there was a peace that I can't even describe. And, and since that, you guys have tried to, to walk in that realization and walk in that truth, and you've, and you've seen God be faithful yes. to do in Chad's life and in Brent's life what, 
what you were trying to do all that time Absolutely. on your own, but, but you couldn't. And every time we slip up, we can see the bad consequences of it. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we try to take control again. We're, we're only human, yeah. but God is in our ears saying, don't try this. I can do it. You can't do it. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to fall back into that way oh, of thinking. Absolutely. It's not that you just yes. figure it out and get it right. for. Oh. And, and so there's... Lifelong battle probably. Yeah, and so there's grace for all of those things. And so, um, you know, that's just sort of really, I mean, what I, that, I, that's just the tip of the iceberg, really, of, yeah. but a great summary of, of what walking through that has been like. But then I also think about you guys, because not only did you battle with, with uh, Susan with addiction growing up, you've, you've walked this journey with both your boys for, like you said, over 20 years. Yeah. This has been something... Um, also, you've not just walked with your boys through that, but you've had to walk with each other through your own medical um, diagnoses of cancer. Yes. And so, it, 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 like, I just remember when, when I got that news, like every, each time with you two, you kind of want to look up to God and say, can you give these folks a break? <laughs> you know, can, God, can we just... Can can we just lighten the load just a little bit? But yeah. but just real briefly, um, did I, I'm just I just want you to share how um, how the Lord was able to let you not fall into that trap of despair, like oh God's just God's just turned His back on us. Look at all these horrible things that are happening. But but how He worked through that too. Kind of run, running out of time, but no, we're good. Um, uh, I, I, They're I, used to listening to me talk a lot longer okay. than this. We're we, fine. I guess our cancer battle started in 2007, and I had bladder cancer, and and then uh, Susan's mom died in 2014. She had Alzheimer's, and that was a kind of a long battle, and she died. The next day, I got a diagnosis of prostate cancer. The day after. The she day died. after she died. So, uh, and got that treated, you know, and everything was looking good. And then she got breast cancer, bad kind of breast cancer, and uh, went through pretty much a year of chemo, radiation, surgery, all that stuff, and uh, and came through that. And she's six she's, years clean. Yep. And uh, awesome. The Lord was faithful, oh. I mean, during this whole time because, honestly, it was such a blessing with the people that we met who helped us get through our struggles, and I think that's why the Lord kind of put it on our hearts. Look what I've done for you. I've given you this peace. You've trusted me, and you've been able to trust me, and you've turned it over to me, and I think we felt the compassion and love from other people, right. and we want to give that back through what we've been through, because we know people are struggling. Everybody's got problems. So I think... You know, we, we, when, we, when Eric talked us into doing this, <laughs> we sat down and started... We, we were going to have this good, you know, speech, I guess. Uh, we, 
we went back through, she journals everything. We went back looking through her journals, and we were writing down all mm. the dates of everything that happened when our boys went to, you know, had legal troubles or illnesses from drugs and all that stuff. We started writing it all down, and, we, and I said, Susan, this sounds like we're just whining about how bad our life is, <laughs> and it's not that way at no. all. It, it, no. It's When we look back, we, we said, Kylie, did we go through all that? Because the Lord has uh, taken all the a lot of the bad stuff away mm -hmm. and we don't even think about it anymore mm -hmm. and has you know replaced all those bad things with wonderful blessings he's given us a peace beyond all understanding and that's the only way to describe it by trusting in him and letting him take the reins and I, I, about everything. I wouldn't yeah. want my children to go through what they've gone through even my daughter, I wouldn't want her to have to live through all this, but we have been the, the, the recipient of so much grace and forgiveness, and we've learned forgiveness, and, um, and the Lord has just been so good to us. It, 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 it's a, we don't even think about all these hard times we've been through, and it's, it's uh, yeah. Jeff, God has fixed it. He said that. You said that in my office as we were talking, yeah. and, and just the weight of just the supernatural nature of that being able to come out of your mouth because when you 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 literally said the same thing i um you said it there i guess because it, 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 jeff almost had a moment when we were talking like he he re-realized just how much horrible tragedy you guys yeah. have gone through in your life and he was like you know what i just hadn't thought about it because the goodness of god has just overshadowed and overwhelmed all of the bad. And where, where we might be listening, you might be listening to their story going, wow. And, and, and I hope maybe for some of us we're listening to that. And, and I, I tend to do it as well. I, I've never walked through the kind of difficulty you guys have. But all of us are prone to, to falling into that pit of, of thinking, oh, my life is so horrible. Look at all these horrible things that are happening and begin to feel sorry for ourselves and 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 to hear you say well we've walked through all of these things that that many of us haven't and to say we, we don't even think about how bad it was because God's goodness has been so great and I think that that should be a challenge to us to be able to to have that kind of perspective and that's the supernatural peace of the Holy Spirit in you that when people who know you and have met you and, and know of these things, when that, when they see you now and talk to you, um, that just completely comes through, and it and it, it's it's a glorious testimony. I, I want to. I guess the last thing I want to say is, uh, when my prostate cancer came back in 2017, uh, and we're still battling that, but. An old, old wise man told me one time, he said, Jeff, troubles are like the waves on an ocean. He said, they're going to come. Sometimes they're calm. Sometimes they're little. Sometimes they're big. And he said, you can fight them all you want to, but the waves are going to still keep coming. Your job is to jump on Jesus' back and let him hold you above them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that if you do that, Troubles are not near as hard to face hmm. because everything's going to be all right. And that's what, that's the last thing he told me was, Jeff, everything's going to be all right. And, uh, and that's, and 
I think that's true. So that, would you say that that is, you know, I, we, we've kind of called this, this is my story. If you could sum up, like, like Jeff, you, you did it beautifully, and Susan, if you want to add anything to that, say, if you were to just put in a few sentences, what is your story? All of this that you've dealt with, like, what would you say the theme of your story is? I would say my theme is God has given me a purpose that I never knew or would never have known had we not walked through those valleys mm. and known that he was there to lift us up when we couldn't do it ourselves. Right. And it's just that compassion I've learned for other people even more so, and wanting to share with them the good news and the hope of what we were led through. Right. Mm, that's awesome. Um, will you guys um, say thank you to Jeff and Susan with me this morning? I love y'all. I'm so grateful. That, that you did this with us. Do you, did you have something? You yeah, I just want to say uh, this is the uh, prayingest church I, that I've ever yes. known of. <laughs> yes. we, we, have people, we had people texting us this morning, praying for us this morning, but, but we've also have felt our, our church's prayers and through all of these struggles that we went through and, yes. and and you don't have you know we don't we just don't feel like we've suffered that much or anything because if you just look around a little bit uh you know a lot of people are struggling a whole lot harder than you are and and uh every three months when i go to the cancer treatment center in noonan boy if you're having a down day and feeling for sorry for yourself you can just go uh sit there for about 30 minutes and see what how graceful god is um, so thank you church yes, for yes thank you uh, being such a great praying church mm. it thank helps thank y'all thank y'all so much I'm going to let you guys thank y'all so much thank y'all so much um, this morning I want us to I want us to conclude I'm going to invite Dan and and um, the musicians, if they want to come back up, and and uh, and we're going to close out our worship time this morning. Uh, you know, I, I was just thinking. I, I hope that listening to these stories and and is spurring not just a as much as we were having a dialogue. I hope that listening to people tell their stories over these next few weeks will will spur a dialogue between you and the Lord. And that even listening to these stories, you'll sit and you'll begin to have a conversation with God where you are and you'll, you'll start to, to even ask Him questions and maybe, maybe you'll see connections of things that, that He's tried to teach you and maybe it's been difficult for you to learn. I know I've gone through seasons of my life where God has tried to teach me things over and over and over, but maybe it just took a word, it took a, a story, a testimony from somebody else for it to really just just sink in so I could see the reality of what he was trying to tell me really was true. And um, I don't know how many of us maybe are struggling with those feelings like Jeff and Susan could have 
very well fallen into, feelings of being overwhelmed. Like, wow, there are so many things that are broken in, in, in my life and in the lives of people that I love. And, or, or maybe you just feel so heavy that you feel like there's, you don't know how much longer you can hold it together. You know, I think all of us at some point feel like we're on the verge of, of brokenness. Like we're just bending and bending and bending and we don't know when things are just going to snap and break. But I love Jeff and Susan's story because it's a story of endurance. It's a story of, of perseverance. And it so much relies on the ability of God to do the things that only he can do. Uh, and, and to realize those things and to, and to let go and let him have, um, have the space in our life to be able to work and do those things. You know, when, I, when you read the Gospels, you know, we, the Bible is the most important, greatest revelation of who God is that we have. But when you think about the Scriptures, what is it but a collection of God stories? What is it but a collection of of stories of how God has come into the lives of people. And even the Gospels, when we see all of the things that Jesus did and the things that Jesus said, that's, that's what Scripture is. It's a collection of, of stories like Jeff and Susan's and stories like ours. And so I want you to, I want us to go into this time. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute, and we're just going to pray. We want to have a time of invitation. And because I do not want to let any of these moments pass without allowing somebody the opportunity to respond to whatever the Holy Spirit may be doing. You may want to come to this altar and lay down something that you've been carrying for a long time. Maybe something you've been trying to do on your own in faith. You're, you're a believer. You know that you have Jesus in your heart. But you've been, you've been trying to fix something for a long time that you've never been able to fix. And maybe Jeff and Susan's story is allowing you to see that maybe what God wants is for you to, to trust Him. To do things that only He can do. And maybe you want to come and, and lay that at this altar this morning as a gesture to God to say, Lord, I've, I've been trying to turn this over to you, but I've still been picking it up and carrying it around. But I want to lay this before you in a new way like I never have before and ask you to to take care, to, and I'm, I'm trusting you to manage this circumstance or this person or this thing in my life, even if you're not going to do it the way I think you should. I still, I still want to lay it before you because I trust you. Maybe you want to do that. Maybe, maybe you want to give, maybe it's your life that you've been trying to fix yourself. And you want to give it to Jesus this morning for the very first time. You want to surrender your life to the gospel and say, Lord, I need your forgiveness for my sin. I need to be reconciled to you through Jesus' life and death and his resurrection. And maybe you want to invite him to be Lord of your life for the first time this morning. And if you're being led to, to this church family, to commit to be a part of this church family, we want you to respond in that way. But however the Lord may be using this time this morning... We want to give you the chance to respond and to hear and listen to what he has to say. And so, God, as we sing and worship during this time, we just pray that there's dialogues going on between us and you all through the room. 
and that you would just be faithful in this time to, to show us what it is you want us to see this morning and for us to respond however you might call us to. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand.